Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is the show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rents, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. So we, we are with the big caveat that we're not a political podcast. This is a tough week to not be on American time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because yeah. there are a lot of things happening in the middle of the night this week. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, some things are supposed to happen in the middle of the night and they don't. Well, like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was, that was kind of fine. Like I like, woke up to confusion this morning. But I'm thinking about the Super Bowl, thinking about the Iowa caucuses thinking about state of the union i mean a bunch of things that that are like mm, i don't have a chance of seeing that live there's also a senate trial there's also a senate trial that i can see live because it happens late afternoon but it runs it i mean true. it runs pretty it late. goes late i mean there's just there's just a lot of stuff a lot of big news stuff happening in the u.s right now which is why we immediately forgot that we were going to talk about the super bowl <laughs> i know and about halfway through the third quarter i said wow Michael and I blew it. End of the game. It was like, oh, no, we had it right all along. See, it was crazy because <laughs> I went to bed thinking, like, this is going to end how I think it's going to end. The Chiefs are going to win. It's going to be good. Like, I watched the first half, watched the Super Bowl halftime show, went to bed. And I thought after the first half, I was like, all right, the Chiefs have got this. They're looking a little shaky, but they'll turn it on and do it. And then I woke up and was reading, like, third quarter, like, whoa, what is happening? Like, what's going uh -huh. on? And then, oh, never mind. <laughs> Yeah, no, I started checking out. I was like, yeah, oh, 49ers won this thing. <laughs> it had the sound off, was not really paying attention to it, but was like that that um, Mahomes interception. I was like, yeah, mm, yeah, there it is. It feels like there's a lot of MLB news, but not a lot of MLB news. I think there's an appropriate amount of MLB news to keep us interested. I'm assuming that there's going to be a deluge soon, right? Well, if you go to MLB.com and look at transactions, myriad transactions yeah. Oh, yeah. right now, 99% people that we've never heard of and minor league contracts and just general movement that you, it's like, I don't even know what that means. Yep. Hey, you got you to gotta manipulate that playing time somehow. There are two guys that have moved that um, have similar sounding last names in a way that I would like to discuss. Starling Marte, Jose Martinez. I think that both moves are for the better for those players. Um, I think so too. I, well, I, I think moving to Arizona is a beneficial thing for people. Mm -hmm. I think it, speaking about Marte, mm -hmm. uh, it, there's they seem to they seem to produce pretty decent offense there, and you play in the West, so you get good yep. ballparks. Yeah, you, I mean anybody anybody that ups the number of games that they play at cores, <laughs> like that's good. Yeah, but I mean Arizona is also a hitters park. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and it's not like it's not like Dodger Stadium isn't exactly. Um, yeah, it's a pitchers park, but it's not. But for the um, way that San Diego, I don't know for the way that Marte yeah. plays. 
I mean, Marte's not. I don't know. I don't know. I'll. You got to think about that. I was going to say, like, is he really trying to pop a bunch of bombs? But he probably is now. It would be good if he got. I wouldn't mind him getting thirty thirty. No, obviously, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't mind that? Uh, all right, Jose Martinez in Tampa. What do you want to say about that? Well, we go from a situation where it's a team that didn't want to play him True. to a team that can typically get a lot out of a player who's um, who has some weaknesses. They can play it. They usually are able to play a player to his um, strengths, yeah. which yeah. means there's not going to be as much playing time. The potential is for less playing time. Then there wasn't with the Cardinals, but there's probably a higher floor with Jose Martinez. Do you think that moving to the MLB is, or the MLB, the AL is good for him? Uh, who knows? Yeah, well, yeah, because he could get some at bats and um, DH. Yeah, so of course that's good. All right, tell me your keepers. We we each get five keepers in our in home our home league. league. Yeah, we might as well talk about this now that no one's listening. It's the end of the season. Um, I have on my roster one Aussie Albies in no particular order other than the way they're listed on this page. One, Aussie Albies. Two, Trevor Story. Three, Starling Marte. Four, Whit Merrifield. <laughs> and number five, Garrett Cole. So I have... A team of 26-year-olds. <laughs> I have Matt Chapman, Paul DeYoung, Tim Anderson, Christian Yelich, and the old man, Zach Rickey. I cannot believe that you kept Tim Anderson. <laughs> well, Tim Anderson meets the perfect guy for my team. He's the person that I, he's the person that I play, man. That's like my guy. Sure. All right. All right. We are going to talk about TGFBI and some exciting acceptances that came out this past week. And we are also going to discuss the methodological improvements leading to stolen innings pitched and plate appearances. Here we go. Michael, did you get a little email? From Mr. Justin Mason. I did get a nice email from Justin Mason. I like the the BCC hiding tech. You know, don't know. Yeah. <laughs> don't know who else is go. in it. Who else is getting it? Who yeah, knows? Yeah, this was a great email inviting us into uh, TGFBI for another year. So we obviously didn't uh, totally mess it up last year. No, we well we had respectable finishes in the meat of the distribution. We were. We were in the meat of the distribution, but on the positive Sigma side. Both of us. Both of yeah. us. No, I was like, yeah. What was it? I don't know. I was like two Sigma, three, three, maybe. Depends on depends on what we're considering the distribution. Like, are we considering mm. the distribution points? Because if we're considering the distribution in points, you actually were pretty good. I think yeah, you were. I think you would have places. been more Sigma off in, in points. Uh, NFBC has some has the historical teams, so I got a chance to you know relive relive my ending team. Reminisce. Yeah. Oh, good. This, these guys. <laughs> this pile of garbage. 
I did kind of feel that way. And they, they recorded the draft, and I had a chance to look at the draft again. Like, wow, it is remarkable that this team survived given this draft. <laughs> I kind of love that. I, I love looking back. It's so fun looking back at a draft at the end of the season and just thinking through, like, some of the decisions that were made, especially, like, Especially when you're remembering, it's like, oh, I can't believe that I picked that guy. And then you're thinking about who you're weighing him against. Yeah. And you're like, oh, oh <laughs> who cares? It really didn't matter because either one of those was going to be bad. I know. I, I love that. It's very uplifting. So you, I believe, are in League 22 this year. I'm in League 22. I'm in League 5. Any uh, Any familiar names for you? Uh, Paul Martin, I believe, is uh, was in my league last year. Okay. I have MLB Injury Guru, whose tweets I routinely see. Ah, that's good. I don't know if I... Yeah, I, I, you know what I should have done that I got a little lazy on is I should have, I should have looked to see where everybody finished last year. Well, I mean, we can do that. Yeah, it would have been nice to do before this minute. <laughs> <laughs> is all I mean. Is all I mean. Yes, agreed. It's like, agreed. oh, should I have prepped for this? Yeah, probably. <laughs> nah, no, 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 no. Anyway, no. I'm excited. Uh, do we have Do we have a rough timeline for when the rolling drafts start? Well, I think everybody needs to get into their leagues, and I don't think gotcha. that's Yeah, would yet. you like to? Would you like to speak a little bit to the snafus? Uh, yeah, I actually brought I brought up this list of states. Because I thought it was an interesting one. Arizona, Delaware, Iowa, Louisiana, Montana, Vermont, and Washington. It's a weird mixture of states. Yeah. There's there's really very little through line <laughs> to those states. No. No. And it's yeah, and then you add Hawaii in for the and Idaho for the DFS and Alabama. Yeah, I I don't know what the deal is there. And Nevada, but Nevada is because it's like, whoa, yeah. gambling money state. Yeah. <laughs> in the state of Nevada, please. <laughs> Thank That's you. Right. Different attitude. Yeah, it's um I don't know. So has, has there been has there been online discussion about this? Uh what what piece with of it? TGFBI people not being able to get in. Yes. Yes. And what's there has the been what some is the resolution about this? Then mm-hmm. well, there's no money involved, so they're gonna have to figure that out. Because it's not a season-long fantasy, um, season-long fantasy sports contest, right? Paid contest. Yeah. We, we're not entering. As far as I understand, there are no well, it's funds to deposit. There's no right. contest. There's no winning. That's right. They're, they're the three requirements. You can't deposit funds, enter a paid contest, or win any prizes. And none of those are happening for this. Yeah. The only the only prize is bragging rights. I think that the emphasis on winning the overall changes the strategy of a lot of people who are very boomer bust. And I think that that a lot of people are making those decisions rather than making the, I want to win my league or I want to place in my league, which I find. Um, right. Cause I had actually entered a, I entered a regime last year where I was inverted, meaning I was above certain people in the overall standings that I was behind in my league uh-huh. because I was optimizing so aggressively for overall standings yep. and not even keeping track of where I was in the league. 
I I fell behind like two people, but I was ahead of them in the overall. Yeah, yeah. It all has to do with how steep the distributions of the different statistics are. So in that way, I think that it's not it, it it's not as helpful as it could be. But I think that in a in a kind, I mean, this is the only way that you could have like a four hundred person league. Yeah, really, and create the data that we're creating. I think that this creates such a valuable data set. Oh, it, it definitely does. But you you can I guess my point is like you can you can game the system or you can game theory the system depending upon which one you want to do better. For instance, yes. Oh no, it, for I instance, completely agree. If you want to do well in the overall, you pick the small number of statistic things. Like doing really well in stolen bases will give you a huge boost in the overall, whereas being 20 stolen bases ahead of the next guy in your in your, your individual league doesn't matter you get one extra point for that but nope. in overall you might get 50 extra 30. points yeah. i mean like yeah no so i think that in that way right but i think that there is some meta question about what you can do what you can do how well you can do in the overall based on the other teams in your league for instance, if somebody else in your league is really aggressively going for stolen bases, you have to pivot to a different strategy in order to do well in the overall because the stolen bases just won't be available. I mean, you ran into this last year, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah, no, if in, you, enough if teams in your league had picked up stolen bases that you couldn't make it up in the overall. No, I just was, I was just stuck because people were optimizing for stolen bases so, so much in my league. And that's the other thing is, you know, if you have a, the worst league is a competent league. If the league, if you're in, you know, how many leagues do we have? 19, 20, more than 20. I can't remember. It's more than 20 now. Oh, you're in 22. So obviously more than that. (laughs) 26 leagues. Um, If you're in a, one of the 26 leagues, it just has a bunch of competent players. That's actually really tough. Yeah. In as opposed to having a league that's top heavy, where there are like three really competent guys, and then you know a couple dead teams, those are going to be the ones where people can really, really make make make. And that's what I'm saying is uh, that's you know you were talking about the game theory about how we alt- ultimately um, try to construct our teams. I was thinking more on the even larger game theory of like there are people in the draft who are like I'm going to pick this this high risk high reward player. I'm going to have a roster full of high risk reward players because I want to go towards winning the overall. I don't care what's going to happen in my league. And if I start doing poorly in my in my league, who cares, you know? Yes. And I think that there are there are some people that there were more people than I would have liked who had not dead teams, but teams that weren't ultra competitive. And even us, I, I think that we we didn't make as many moves as we probably could have or should have made. Well, today. I mean, yes, we st- got stuck in the spots that we were in. Well, I think we I think we didn't understand the economy of the league, so that <laughs> will change immediately this year and this i think we're getting it i think we're getting into the things that i think we should talk about in two weeks when we kick off season four i think it's worth doing a long review a a multi-week review of what we did last year in tgfbi and how that's going to inform us this year and the same thing is true for our home league but 
but I, you know, <laughs> yeah, we just didn't make enough moves, and not having trading is like makes everything totally different. It does, and it makes it harder to to really make changes. You need to be ahead of your team's needs. You need to have a pretty deep bench. Yeah. You do like to gamble. Well, Let's just be clear. That, yeah, I mean, come on. But then you'd think that they'd be all about getting the people in the UK in this. And it's not. Because I will tell you, <clears throat> if I had tried to register from the UK, it would not have worked. <laughs> if you if had. I had. If I had. If but you had, it would I, not you know, luckily worked. didn't have that problem. So, you know. No, that's very good. You do travel regularly. That's right. Well, it says that I can't be physically located in any of the following states, and, and I am not. <laughs> Stolen IP. Stolen IP. Always. Yeah, I dusted off some old scripts, and they mostly still worked. It's wild. That never happens. <laughs> um, I'm still working on making these more modular and getting them into more portable format, but yeah, this most importantly... I was able to run these through to get us aggregations of forecasted innings pitched yep. for MLB players and forecasted plate appearances for players. Yeah, frankly, I'm I mean that that was like, you know, number 0 in terms of things that we needed to do. And it'll lead to some I think we'll have a good discussion here and then it'll lead to some good actual projections. Yeah, I hear you saying about the more more portable format. I think the nice part about this is that we only have to go through this pain once a year. <laughs> and so Well, no, it's not because we have to because these update, so we do need to keep these current. Well And I only have three of the like there are at least two more projection systems that are supposed to come out. But I think after the season starts Oh yes, yeah, we... so there's only one time period that we have to deal oh, with. Oh yeah. Because after the season starts, I think an early project for us should be making forecasts of making future forecasts of plate appearances from real data. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to do that. I'm excited about that. But you gave me these. Oh, we can do that. We can do that really easily. Yeah, we're gonna. Yeah, we're gonna do that. That's exciting. It's a project. So you gave me these. Uh, you gave me these, and uh, I just had some time to plot some quick, quick distributions here. So that we'd take. That would take a look at this. The, I always find these interesting because this is the only way that we have to pull back the curtain on how they're making these. Is to actually look at the distributions, look at the it's data. Actually look at the distribution. Yeah. So, and I think this actually provides an avenue for if we wanted to make our own, how we would do it. Because I think what, what we would do is you rank order. You assume that from year to year, the distribution stays the same. And then you rank order the the guys in the order that you think they will be relative to each other so even if you don't get your overall normalization correct and then you just assign mm -hmm. them to individual spots just march down the list so i okay right so we create in other words we create the curve yeah and then we just populate assign it. people to spots on the curve yep. based on a rank order that i mean that makes total sense it's a pretty simple right yeah, no, I, th I think it's we have a very easy measure for how far off we are. That's right, and then we could put in the thing that the thing that I really want to have that will make our model 
significantly more complicated would be uncertainty bans on the plate appearances. Because we treat right. we treat these plate appearances as gospel right now. <laughs> Whatever we get is like this is what we're going with, and that really hampers our that really hampers our projections. Because you don't think we should? <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, this is as good as we're going to get. I think we have to be careful. I think we spend a lot of time talking about that the fact that we we actually forecast rates and we're really accurate with rates. We're less mm-hmm. accurate when you actually go to try and get exact numbers. For the key reason that these plate appearances or the denominator, the innings pitch and plate appearances, is uncertain. Yeah, they are. I mean, that's we we have to. I mean, that's what we admit. Yep. But right, you're right. But if this is the main, if this is the main mover and shaker, yeah. Why is a function of innings pitched or plate appearances at the end of the day? Yeah. So. I plotted these up. Let's talk about the let's talk about plate appearances first. I, I okay. find these I find actually I find these both very interesting. So plate appearances, you gave me six hundred guys, and the distribution is basically a linear. Uh, it's like a, line. a yeah, it's just a line. That's not what I it's expected. An F line. That's not. I can t- I can guarantee you from playing around with the data before that this is not how the distribution looks at the end of the season. Do you have it? What it looks like at the uh, end of the season? I can't. I don't have it on me, but I know what I can tell. I can describe <laughs> it. What it looks like is you can. There's a clear delineation between the players that were starters all year and the players that weren't uh-huh. starters all year. And there's it's a little bit more of an error function. Yeah, there's no. There's no room in here for for starters and non-starters. Is this because I'm averaging them out? Then. That is a good question. The way that we would look at because that. I would imagine that an error function, if if you had several that had very different rank orders, would end up. Well, you could at, the way that you could check that would be to line. we would check the variance going down the line. So if the variance increased as we got to the guys with low plate appearances, no, it would be in the middle of the distribution. It would the ones that because this this matches. It feels like this is matching what you're describing at like the top and the bottom, but the middle is should be more of a straight line. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. There should be a. So if the variance was actually if the variance was actually more of a bell curve, right? Which I think which I think is probably accurate because people forecast that sort of the 300 plate appearances like will be safe here, whereas some 50% of those guys are going to end up in the 600 plate appearance camp and 50% in the zero. Right. But, and then on the projection systems, there could be also like, some people could be like, no, 450. And some people could be like, whoa, 150. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe we'll have to look and see if we can track down any of the bimodal guys. The other thing is that just looking at this distribution, I, there, there aren't enough, plate appearances out there if you if you integrate under this curve it's not enough plate appearances i mean this is the kind of thing this is the thing that we talk about in terms of stats in general which is that people tend to be afraid of over predicting things people always under predict which is why some of our numbers look crazy because we in theory were predicated on over predicting 50 percent and under predicting 50 percent of the players but if you look at other projection systems, they're typically skewed negative, skewed pessimistic. 
Yes, it's because, yeah, I think that that makes sense in the way that we and others approach. Well, it makes you, I mean, it makes people way grumpier if you forecast Mookie bets for 120 runs. And they're like, I drafted him, he was going to get 120 runs. And you're like, well, it's only a one sigma result that he got 105. Like, (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. It's not that crazy. No, you'd rather be conservative because... The, uh, you'd rather have players overperform than underperform. But you, I mean, you can try and talk me out of this, but my whole belief system is based on like, no, I want to be, I want to be equally wrong on both sides of the distribution when I make these. Sure. <laughs> okay. I just, I don't want to, I don't want a skewed distribution at the end. Okay. All right. Let's talk All about right. let's talk about pitchers. This is where we're yeah. gonna make hay because the pitchers you can extremely clearly see the starters and the relievers yes indeed yeah yes how would you describe what is this it's it's nothing this well um, it's not a sing. it's not a single function it's a piecewise function where the oh because you see the this is the well right you could okay just, I mean, yeah because you're saying there is there's a function for the starting pitchers, and then there's also a function for the relief pitchers. Right, and you just did overlap. Yeah, and so it's not it's line. not quite a it's not quite a broken power law because the starters have their own curve. <laughs> yeah, the starters have their own like there would be a like a an exponential fall off <laughs> like a Gaussian. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like half your Gaussian here for the starters at the top. It's not linear. Because you have a bunch of guys, you have a few, a handful of guys at the top that will just be total workhorses. That will, yeah, I mean, there will be, isn't that crazy to think about? There there could be like 10 guys that get somewhere around 200 innings. Yeah. And then to get that innings pitch total from the bottom, what, 20% of players, of, of starting pitchers? This, I mean, yes, yeah. I mean, th- this is part of what we've talked about and why thinking about denominators is so powerful because we've talked about this in the context of batting average. We've talked about it a little bit less in the context of ERA and WHIP, ERA. and mm-hmm. you know, just getting those getting those innings eaters. And we've kind of danced around this in the past while talking about pitchers because we they tend to be a little bit lower inning volume. And so they they lead to a little bit more of a boomer bust <laughs> pitching strategy sometimes, right? Exactly. Which yeah, the whole thought of the pitchers is that if you give me five innings and you somehow get me eight Ks, you know, it doesn't matter if you ended up giving me five ERAs, yeah. right? If you have a nice pack of I don't know relievers, aces that can weather that storm. Yep. Yeah, so this distribution is, is very interesting. Uh, so it basically argues that the top relievers are going to get 60 innings. Yeah, that's... Do you think that's right? That is true. That I mean, the top relievers typically fall within a um, under 70. Some of them get up to 70, but they're being pretty conservative here. So yeah. they're saying 60 I, innings. I think, I think this curve is... I think this curve is quite conservative. There's only two people above above 200. Right. That's what... Um, Mike Miner is one of them. 
<laughs> yeah, I know. It's I, I, they've also got, but what's wild is Bumgarner is people are slating him in for one ninety nine. That's what people are saying this year. That. Top 10 in innings pitched. That would actually be, wow. See, that's the thing that we should actually, I think that's actually how we should think about these right now is the the order in which they're they're ranked. Yeah. Like, I think, I think the way that you're saying it, like, he's top 10. That's a good way to think about where the consensus is sort of falling. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Rather than the absolute number. Yeah. I mean, right. Well, this is all relative. I guess one thing that we might want to do is apply sort of a uh, 538 house effects type thing where you integrate (laughs) under the curve for all of the plate appearances or innings pitched per projection system. Oh, so we bump up and down? Yeah, so that that you don't have a systematic house bias to fewer plate appearances or fewer innings pitched. Kind of like a bucket rounding. It's kind of like it's like the it's like the reverse of a bucket round. That, <laughs> <laughs> yes, in a way. I mean, you, Anyways, you only for you only those need of one, you out there who know bucket round. Yeah, you only need one factor to apply to each projection system. True. Like, oh, apply you know bump up all of these by three percent, or bump all of these right. down by three percent. So yeah, so we can just take the total innings pitched last year or the average of the last three years, and then each system we can bump up, bump down. Yeah. Just so that the total integrated area is the same. Michael Peterson, you've done it again. You figured out how to make something that's seemingly not complicated more complicated. Well, I am just trying to improve <laughs> accuracy. Michael, I'm gonna have to give a little mea culpa. I didn't watch a second of Eloy Jimenez. <laughs> This week, I think we want to so treat him right. Let's, so let's put it next week. We do want to treat him right. Let's do him next week. That sounds good. All right, last one. Okay. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter. Fantasy Tools, mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, mind the Z. All I've got left is... (laughs) We're still up to you, buddy. We're still up to you, too.